0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 163 of Horsemanship Radio, brought to you by Finish Line Fencing, the original and only warranted horse fence of its kind. Horsemanship Radio is a part of the family of the Horse Radio Network, and today we have uh, a ranch riding horse girl on. You're going to love her. Laura. And then we have Monty Roberts with Olympic inventor Boyd Martin. They are just a combination of grit and good horsemanship. This is Debbie Laux, and you're listening to the Horsemanship Radio. Thanks for joining us. Horsemanship Radio airs on the 1st and the 15th of the month, and I have my producer, Jen, with me today. Hi, Jen.
2: Greetings. How's Debbie? As we record this, you guys have just finished up with the movement. I bet your head's just spinning, isn't it?
1: It was so much fun. I know we talked a little bit about it in the last episode, too, but, you know, the with the reviews coming in and everything, we're learning so much. But you know what, Jen, the best part was it really um, came across to other people, not just me with, you know, the way I hoped it would be, and not just my friends and, you know, parents (laughs) saying, I think it was pretty good. Um, It really, across the globe, you know, I had one girl write us this morning, and she's been... She's been a little bit harangued by natural horsemanship. She's over in England, and she's been uh, a student of the concepts. And she said uh, a lot of her friends tease her about the concepts and everything. And she said that she was literally going from crying when she was watching it with happy tears to, see, I told you it works, yelling at the (laughs) TV. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it was it was streamed live, as we said, on Horse and Country TV, um, which did a fabulous job. I mean, they. I actually got an email from the head of the programming, Jonathan Rippin, who we've had on Horsemanship Radio before, and he was very kind to say that you know it's, we've had rave reviews and that their numbers. Uh, I said, you know, how are you telling people how many people watched this? You know, I, how do you answer that question? And he said um, that there were thousands of people watching it. And he actually is counting the numbers now as they get um, their numbers in from all over the world, right? You know, because they're in Australia and Sweden and Germany and, of course, the UK. And, and, um, but he said, You know, I I can't really compare the numbers to anything else because we've never done really anything like this before. That's true. There's nothing to compare to. It's completely unique, yeah. Right. And so they really they got hundreds of subscribers from it, which is good for them. And uh and I'm just happy about the whole thing. So that's the T V part of it. The horse part of it. I really think, Jen, this is one of the best platforms we've ever put out there for sharing the concepts. And, you know, that that is our mission statement. The queen dad was on the phone with the queen this morning. We may mention that in our interview coming up here. But um, he he actually got her watching it a little bit, too, which is great. You know, we invited her, too, and she she. Um, did. She knows the concepts, though. She gets it. And so, you know, it's fun for us to be enlisted by her to go forth and multiply and share these concepts. And so when you get those emails in that says, where has this stuff been my whole life? It's just, you know, it's really heartwarming. Uh, we're really happy to have it. And so I think we'll keep doing this. We'll we'll keep doing this live streaming thing or a hybrid of both um, because we really love the the feeling of having it on the farm with a small audience too, very intimate and very um, these working with the horses in a very quiet, organic way for a long time. It's not a quick session. It's, it, you know, it's peaceful and, and we just work with the horse in a fair pace and, um, and they respond.
2: Cool. And it, I did got to, I only got to watch a tiny little bit of it cause I had to work that day, but uh, I was I had told you earlier I was very pleased with the production value going with horse and country v- tv was so smart
1: because they Thank just you. they know how to do this stuff they do and you know, it was a beautiful team. I have to thank Michael and William and especially David Qualls who um, have merged. They partnered with Horse and Country and um, they were genius. Uh, Will is a fifth generation Kentucky horse people and, and off the charts brilliant with technology too. So thank you, William. And uh, to Michael out of LA, he um, you know, the COVID thing has got some really talented people sitting at home. So we were able to recruit our audio man and Michael and he so such a quiet professional guy. Did so well around the horses. Not a horse guy, but David Qualls uh, has. Been, he he calls himself. What he's building is the ESPN of equestrian events, and I guarantee you, he is. He's really good, and so people will be happy to hear that we have video on demand coming too. They can listen to it on. Um, If they are subscribers of Horse and Country TV, the video is up there on demand. And then we'll be having it, too, for all the people that are ticket holders, we'll get access to that. Because we figured, you know, people can't sit there and watch everything through, even though there were six sessions, two hours each. Uh, split up over three days. Somebody in Australia is going to be asleep during some of that, you yeah, know. And yeah. well, it's you're in fairness, back and watch
2: it again too. It's like, of course, oh, that part was so. really cool. I want to watch it again.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or how did you do that? Coming to the mounting block lesson, right? You know, and uh, yeah, and the work with the mustangs and yoga, and then uh, you know, personal coaching at trailer loading. We had Dr. Madison Siemens and um, working with the the ocular portion of a horse's anatomy and behavior, how the equine vision affects their behavior and how we can be more fair to our horses. And, um, you know, just on and on. We just had so many great presentations. It, we just hit it out of the park with that. We had chiropractor Ellie, Ellie Borden, Boardman, and you'll have to see little Tucker the Mustang. He is our superstar throughout the, the three days. Painted up with a skeleton and uh, beautifully done artistically by May and Aaron Burkett and May Oliveris. Is uh, from Brazil and a vet. She's a veterinarian, and uh, she does know her bones. So (laughs) she did a wonderful job. So this sounds like a a credit role here, but I, you know, they they really made it. They do deserve the credit for just giving us the ability to showcase some beautiful, beautiful concepts in horsemanship.
2: So, for somebody who did not have a ticket at that time, when we when you Mm -hmm. broadcast, is there a way for them to get? the taped versions? Can you buy an after-the-fact ticket or a CD or something?
1: A very good question. Thank you. We're going to have the Vimeo, Video On Demand, up uh, just shortly here we're putting we're amalgamating all the video so um, that's going to be really an expensive digi- digital cheap you know kind of thing 9.99 or something like that I think is what we have up there now from the last two years of the movement and then uh, as I said too if you're a subscriber of Horse and Country TV you have access to that but you have to be a subscriber so um, either way yes you will get to watch these over and over again if you were a ticket holder though you actually automatically get access to those too so Watching my inbox. You watch your inbox. You're getting one. <laughs> you um, yeah, we're very excited about it. Yeah,
2: pretty cool. Well, enough about the movement. It's come, it's gone. We're looking forward to it again next year. And if you didn't remember all that stuff we talked about, if you just go to montyroberts.com, information that you need is there. The phone number to Flag Is Up Farm is there. It's easy peasy because you just call the farm and they can just walk you right through everything you need to know. So there Thank you go. You. Uh, I think you. it is time to get to our first guest. But before we do that, of course, as usual, we need to hear from our sponsor, and we will get to our guest right after
1: that. I'm with Kim and Lisa again from Finish Line Fencing, and we were just chatting about some of the things that people have been bragging about on the finish line fencing. And I thought, you know what, we should put that all together in one spot and you just like rattle off all the great things that you tell us about finish line fencing, like how strong it is and how easy it to install. but uh, shoot, you got the you got the floor now.
3: Well, thank you, Debbie. Um, So, finish line is strong. Um, The standard finish line is 1,250 pounds of tensile strength per strand. Um, Finish line XL is 1,850 pounds of tensile strength per strand. Um, It's very, very easy to install. You can use any type of post, wood, t post. Um, vinyl, honestly, anything. It's it's lightweight. Um, finish line only weighs 24 pounds, and that's 2,000 feet on a spool. Finish line XL is a 2,000-foot coil, and it only weighs 30 pounds. Um, it's also weather-resistant. Um, it can withstand UV light temperatures between negative 40 and 130. It never sags. It never loses its tension. It's, it's made in once you install it, which is the great benefit of it. Um, and there's actually no metal wire in it at all. Um, it's, uh, it does not rust rot or corrode it will not injure your animals the way that a standard high tensile fence would so it's it's so much safer and then one thing that we do always recommend with every installation is a strand of electric um it's made to be as a combination fence with the the finish line and then the electric
1: yeah so easy to install lightweight maintenance free no metal wire no rusting uh, you know I, I i don't know why anybody would choose anything else <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah and hedges are hard to maintain i'd rather put up a fence so I'm, I'm glad to see that you're out there and you've been out there for 30 years so where do people find you and how do they get a hold of you to get their custom job done
3: Yes, yeah, so um, you can find us at finishlinefence.com. Our Facebook page is Finish Line Fence, and our phone number is 877-625-6100. Um, we have a full shop on our website. You can always give us a call. We would be happy to get you a quote. It is great for the do-it-yourselfers. We don't install, but most of our customers just do the installation themselves. That's how easy it is.
1: Boyd Martin, the son of Winter Olympic athletes, began riding at a young age in his native Australia. He found much success before moving to the US in 2007 to further his career as an eventing professional, serving as the assistant trainer to the Olympian Philip Dutton for 2 years before starting his own business. Martin has a dual citizenship for Australia and the U.S., and began riding for the U.S. in 2009. Martin has claimed numerous top placings in the Land Rover Kentucky three-day event and others. Martin has represented the U.S. in three Pan American Games and was on two Olympic teams for the U.S. Boyd is married to his wife, Silva, who is a Grand Prix dressage rider and a co-owner of the couple's farm, Windura, USA. They have two sons, Knox and Leo Roscoe. Well, welcome. I've got Boyd Martin and Monty Roberts on the phone. I'm so excited because you guys are like, for me, it's the combination of horsemanship and grit all in one package (laughs) in both guys, both guys. Really excited about talking to you, Boyd. And uh, I know what dad's been up to lately, but I want to get a conversation started with you two. And you guys can kind of forget I'm even here, but um, a conversation about what you've been doing during this uh, extraordinary time, this COVID time record this and what you've been doing with your horses and you know and how's the family and any contemplations that might have uh, sort of changed the trajectory of what you've been doing lately so boyd maybe yeah, well, first well,
4: yeah yeah well first of all thank you for uh having me on uh, debbie and monty it's uh, obviously a, a huge honor and privilege talking to you guys and uh yeah like you said i've had a, a wonderful time in this uh corona shutdown it's um um it's been a, a, a real reset button for me. It's uh, no competitions and uh, no teaching people or uh, um, no owners coming to the farm. And it's uh, really been a moment where I can actually just concentrate on on training the horses. And it's been it's been luxurious actually. It's uh, no crazy early mornings of going to the competitions and uh, all the horses are fit and sound and uh, just taking a, a lot of time. Uh, spending with the horses all day and and just training them which is sort of my my true passion and uh, as as Monty probably knows as as time goes on there's less there's so many more sort of distractions and interruptions into you know what you really want to do which is just to, just to train horses so I've had a a good couple of months and then and to be honest I, uh, a couple of weeks ago I had a surgery that I was going to get done at the early, at the end of this year, I had both my hips cleaned up with a bit of uh, both scoped out, so I'm uh, I'm ready to to get back into the swing of things.
1: I was going to ask you about that, Boyd. Not about your hips so much. I didn't want to um, ask any personal questions about what you're repairing, but I saw you on the craziest looking machine, some anti gravity mm. treadmill thing. Tell us about that. Is that uh, for your hips?
4: Yeah. So I basically, I, I think I've just been. A lot of wear and tear for the last, you know, twenty years of riding, and uh, and both both my hips have uh, just got um, arthritis, and I had some bone spurs and, and labrum tears in both hips, and uh, it was the surgery that I've been putting off and putting off, and I was planning on getting it done till after the Olympics, and then the Olympics got cancelled, and uh, so I quickly jumped in and and got it like an old car getting repaired. Huh. And uh, got that done and uh, so I've been uh, last couple of weeks just teaching a lot of clinics and uh, I've got some good riders working my horses at home here. So I've enjoyed just, you know, sitting back and uh, watching the horses improve and uh, fired up and eager to get back into it, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I bet. I bet. Uh, and dad has some similar stories, too, of <laughs> taking some wanna- time.
5: I don't want to go into my stories about that because you only have an hour here and I'm telling you. <laughs> let's don't go there. What what I would add to that is that this time um with the sequestration and all that sort of thing it ought to become mandatory that anyone <laughs> that trains horses Um, ought to take at least 60 days out of each year Mm -hmm. just to lock himself in or herself with their horses and the things that happen around them in the horse industry and go to school again. Go to school Mm. and think about the horses and what their reaction is. It's an amazing thing. And with me, I have this ultra-privilege of having a family group of deer, wild deer, that I've worked with for 47 years. Now, I want to tell you, that's a hell of an investment. When you spend 47 years working with one family group of wild deer, and with my travels and since 1989, um, it's been abbreviated so many times, but when I come back, I watch... Those animals come back to me. And, um, you know, if I didn't have to sleep, I would just spend 24 hours with them every day. <laughs> yeah. um, the the deer, being flight animals, are so much more sensitive to our relationship that they are better teachers than the horses, even. Um, wow. And they they charge you a big price when you get it wrong, so you you have to work really hard to get it right. Mm-hmm. But I'm having fun with it, man. I'm having mm-hmm. so much fun with it. And uh, just like Boyd, I, I heard him say that this was an uplift in his horsemanship, if you will. Um, and I've certainly found it that way myself.
4: Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a. I mean, I've never. In you know, my my shorter period of of being a professional horseman, um, never actually enjoyed it as much. I, it sounds horrible, but you know the you know I'm usually going from competition or show to show to show, and it it's uh, just frantic. And uh, mm. and I got to say, my horses are happier now too. Like that, you you know you're not you're spending more time with them. There's not so many interruptions, and um, I, I like your idea, Monty, of this. 60-day shutdown every year because I think I've I've got to know my horses better than than I have ever had before and I think they're in, in enjoying the work that I'm putting into them and it's not this sort of hustle and bustle of of one show to the next show to the next show and it's uh, uh, they just seem happier and uh, I got to say they're going better they they feel healthier and um, and I think I've accomplished more in this shutdown or this lockdown than I have. Um, over the last few years, they've just all blossomed and accelerated a bit in their in their education, which is uh, it's been a very very interesting um, forced sort of project or, or study that we've had to go through. Mm-hmm. Have, do well, you
1: that, think is, uh,
4: that is so similar mm-hmm.
1: to
5: the experience that I've had? Incredibly similar. I think Boyd expresses it better than I do. But my word, uh, you know, the horses are liking it because we don't have to worry about what are you going to do on Saturday? I got to fix this. Mm-hmm. I got to fix that. And you push and you shove because we have to, I spent, uh, you know, 40 years of my life in competition and I, I, worried every day about every little nuance of their output for me. And oftentimes that slows it down rather than speed it up and, uh, content animals, If we can just cause the horse to want to do it, we're so much better off. And I I think during these sequestrations, we do allow the horse a little bit of time to want to do it. And so they do it better. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And and my dear, I I had the most incredible experience because I just recently did a documentary with two cameras in uh, hidden positions, uh, because they don't like anybody that they don't know to be around. And I went through, um, three long sessions with my deer. And I think it's very interesting to see that the cameras went away. Now I'm back with my deer and it's just me and the deer. And they invaded me. They absolutely huh. invaded me when the cameras were gone. And I thought, oh, that's those cameras, you know, and those camera people around that did that. And I sat there and suddenly I realized that my core, my body functions, my whole neurological system was better when the cameras were gone. I wasn't thinking I have to get this and I have to get that and I want this and I want that. I just lived with my dear. And they said finally you're your old self again Mm -hmm. it was so much fun i blame myself and that's Mm -hmm. what we have to do boyd with all of our horses isn't it you got to look in Mm -hmm. the mirror and say what am i doing wrong instead of blaming the horses
4: yeah no I, i uh i couldn't agree more with what you're saying i mean i've experienced the same thing where all of a sudden the now I'm trying to. The owners of the horses turn up to watch their horses jump, and I'm quickly trying to get the horse jumping well. And and now because the farm's been on lockdown, as you know, if I, if some horses might take me an hour and a half to ride, and I'm in no pressure to quickly make it look good or get it going because someone's just turned up and are, are watching what I'm doing. And uh, it's very similar to your deer and the cameras. So I think it's ah uh, it's been a, a great education uh, just as as a as horseman.
1: Do you have yeah, any I, have you learned anything specifically? Any breakthroughs, Boyd, that you can?
4: You yeah, know? I mean, I think the the biggest thing is that um, you know my uh, unfortunately, now I'm uh, busy, and I' you know my day is so structured with I've got to teach a lesson at two o'clock and an owner's coming at three thirty and and then you know, like this whole scheduling, of my normal day-to-day stuff i've got a competition tomorrow and this horse has to get ridden by this time because it has to be braided and and you wipe all of that out and you wake up in the morning you have your cup of coffee and the only thing you've got to worry about all day is um is training you know the number of horses that you want to train and there's there's no time means nothing and um and then also, I've got to say, I've become a lot um, a better father. I think I've, I've just mm-hmm. um, spent so much more time with my family. We, we're very lucky to have uh, about a hundred acres here in Pennsylvania, and uh, I've got two young boys. And um, there's been no going to restaurants or going out for dinner or racing off to other people's places for a barbecue. And it's been um, yeah, it's been fun actually, just uh, being on this quarantine with uh, my friends and family. It's been uh, it's been really good. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. is so
5: familiar to me, Debbie. And I have to tell you that sitting there and watching my deer, for instance, I realize that the deer are so locked into their family. And they keep they keep track of those babies because those babies are going to be eaten if they don't keep track of them. Right. Yeah. They o- they only weigh eight or ten pounds, and the coyotes are waiting. The and their family comes together and they protect one another. They get along. Um, and we as human beings have almost eliminated the family. <laughs> so okay,
4: shut it though. Sorry, guys, a kid banging on the door. I locked myself in the office and uh, he, he tracked <laughs> me down. I'm Good
1: sorry. For him.
5: That was God's um, movement right there to talk about the families. And Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> you exactly. know, bring, uh, bringing those children in was proof positive that her fam- his family are getting closer to him. Mm-hmm. And um the deer still have that familial connection because they have to have it in order to survive. But we've developed all these systems of games on TV and uh, uh, TV tables to eat on and not having dinner with the family and not sitting down and visiting about what you did on the day disperses our families. And we better be careful because That could be the end of a a species entirely. And uh, when we see all of these demonstrations across this country, um, those people are not coming together as a family. And we are dividing ourselves along fine lines that have to do with colors of your skin and and, uh, your religion or your job. Uh, when in fact we are human beings and we should come together and appreciate one another in order to stay a viable species, Uh, better start looking in and learning
4: that. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Sage Advice at 85. So Monty is 85 this year, and it's interesting because technology has been... um, increased during this time, right? Um, oh good and bad, but, uh, but you know, everybody is uh, web conferencing or uh, working from home or whatever. But I think it's interesting that people are coming to both of you, and I don't, you know, this was independent thought, I'm sure, because you two don't work together, but you've both taken on the project of personal coaching, which I think is brilliant because your combined years with horses is a lot. (laughs) We won't even do the math, but, uh, dad jokes that he didn't get in the horse business until he was about three, four, you know, so (laughs) 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 goofing around before that. But, uh, what is it about personal coaching that appealed to you, Boyd, besides just filling the void? Um, is there something that can, you know, is, is it that one-on-one contact with people or, um, I, I think it's a brilliant idea.
4: I mean, I think uh, the world's changing and it's evolving. And, uh, um, you know, and I think there's there's people from all corners of the world uh, that are, are very interested in what you're doing. And, um, I mean, I remember seeing Monty um, perform um, uh, in, in Australia. And from a young kid in Australia, like, we had to travel for hours and hours and hours to watch him at the convention centre there in Melbourne and, you know, only got a, a, a you know an hour of session of, and then tried to really understand what he was talking about. And then, you know, and and with the technology now of, um, you know, video and and conferencing is, is if you really want to connect or or, uh, you know, I think one of the positive things with technology is that there's so much more information out there that if you're really really obsessed about getting better. That when you find a mentor or someone that you think's a genius in what you want to do, I think there's a, a real um, moment in in history now where we can instantaneously connect with them. And uh, you know, I think with uh, what I'm doing, a little bit of this online training, and it's a very simplistic idea, where people can send in some footage of their horses uh, training in the sport on it, in which is three day eventing and. And then I can sit down, watch through their video, and then basically do a recording of some of the things that I see and some of the ideas that I would have in training the horse. And you know, this person might be on the other side of America or in an, in another country. They could be in Africa, and um, and and they, very easily now they can connect with someone yeah. that they uh, think is is good at what they do and and get some some tips and some information and some advice on where to go with their horse and uh you know and i i I gotta say i enjoy it you know and uh having this uh it's i think it's a great feeling know knowing that people are actually interested in what you're doing and and want to hear with your opinion or what you're thinking of how you you know treat this Horse, or how you'd um, train it, or any ideas, and uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool, cool, new, innovative idea that we're—I we, we, think a few people are doing it, so it's good. Yeah, well,
5: this is this is so mm-hmm. synergistic because we just completed uh, a three-day, third annual three-day uh, event called the Movement, and this particular year we couldn't have people come to the Movement, and it's about changing the ideas to, t- to go away from uh, violence in the training of horses. And so Debbie came up with the idea to do a virtual movement, which indeed we had very few people on the property, and yet we went out to the world. Now, guess hmm. what happened today? I had a conversation on the telephone this morning with Queen Elizabeth II. I I didn't, me? I, I had it this morning and we had a lot of things to talk about and I had no idea that she was looking in on the movement and oh, wow. what does she do? But the queen comes up with, Oh, Monty, I really enjoyed the little white horse coming to the mounting block. Now, can you believe I was almost yeah. shocked off the phone? Yeah. I didn't know <laughs> she That's was great. watching. And I I loved this little white horse coming to the mounting block, but she's now riding uh, uh, ponies that come down from from Scotland. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And those are the ponies she's riding now. Mm -hmm. Instead of the full-sized horses, she's riding ponies. And she said, oh, I want Terry Pendry who's a student of yours, I I want Terry Pendry to teach my ponies to come to the mounting block. So I'm already (laughs) under orders now to get to England as soon as I can and teach Terry Pendry how to bring those ponies (laughs) to the mounting block. But imagine we went out with something like eight or nine uh, presenters. We went out to the world with our event called the uh, Movement and we threw in with uh, horse and country TV from the u k who took their uh, family uh, and put them hooked them up to the to the movement, which increased our numbers dramatically. So yes, the world is changing. I have to step back and say, "You go." on and do your stuff with all of those machines and then just tell me when to start talking because I don't know the first thing about <laughs> a computer. But um, Debbie, you came up with a good idea and now we're thinking about ways because so many people have chimed in to say this was the greatest and I could sit at home and and I could uh, really enjoy it and so forth and so on. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I won't live long enough to see you guys in all of the ways that we can get this information out there. But certainly violence is never the answer.
6: Mm.
4: Yeah, I couldn't agree more.
1: Yeah. Very good. Well, it's fun. It's fun to have both of you available to people. So literally people can just make an appointment with you, Boyd. And um, then they come to, I think Rutledge farm is putting that on to yeah. get them a, a, yeah, a bit of a plug there too. How do people find out about that? Do they go to yeah, a website so
0: for
4: you? That, yeah, go to the go to the Rutledge website and um, and then again they uh, they log in and then they, there's all the information where to send their their video footage of their horse and and it can be training at home or at a competition and uh, and then that, that video gets sent to me and then I'll uh, watch it a couple of times and uh, come up with uh, you know basically some comments on the riding and and uh, the, how the horse is going and then maybe some exercises and some experiences I've had with similar horses and uh, relay it back to the um, you know I think it's a, a bit like what Monty's saying I think it's a, a wonderful technology in the sense that um, you don't have to you know physically be at a, a clinic or drive your horse to uh, to a, a session uh, you can be from the you know the black blo- uh, blocks of, of anywhere in the world and you uh, and try and learn a little bit from someone that you think is a uh, uh, credible person. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it uh, makes it this idea of the art of training horses available to anyone in the world. You know, re- where I keep remembering uh, mum and dad packing us up in the car and waking up early, driving all the way to to watch uh, Monty's show. And, uh, and now um, it's uh, just a press of a button and you could be right there and and hopefully getting the same information.
1: That's nice. I I think it's, you know, it doesn't, I like to hear the horses and, and hear them breathe and smell and, uh, you know, and it is, it is hard to give up those, those sensory things not being there, but I think it is a nice hybrid option, maybe in the in the normal next world when we're um, not so much in lockdown, but uh, it does provide a vehicle for people who are in gosh knows where on some corner of the earth um, who really want to improve and learn from a Boyd Martin or a Monty Roberts. And you're absolutely right. It does make it more convenient for that too. And maybe that's enough to inspire them to eventually get over there and get coached too. But yeah, love that. And I, yeah, go ahead.
5: It, it feels to me, Debbie, like we should be very appreciative of um, your radio uh, broadcasting organization, uh, Horsemanship Radio. We should be very happy with Horse and Country TV and things like that because we're going to have more people show up at our live shows Thank because you. more people are going to know about horses, and horses are no longer for the most part, no longer an absolute essential part of our lives like they were when they plowed the ground and pulled the stagecoach and so forth and so on. So it's because we love them and because we live with them and because we want to be around them that these things will keep us informed as to the value. Of knowing horses and loving horses and causing to be at one with horses. And it's your kind of thing. Um, Horsemanship Radio should be so proud of the people Mm -hmm. they're reaching. I don't know what the numbers are, but uh, Debbie may know uh, how many people listen to Horsemanship Radio. Mm -hmm
1: tens of thousands and it's, we're in about 42 countries now, mostly in the United mm-hmm. States though I'm happy to say but um, but it, it's it's really it's the horse, person I think who's been willing to learn these things because we're pretty much a low-tech <laughs> demographic right and uh, a lot of people spend want to spend more time with their horses than they do on a screen or in a computer so it, it's their willingness to learn through some of these medias that I think will help horses become more fair to horses to learn from greats like you it is it's confusing to be on the internet and try to learn from so many different opinions and and Horse people are pretty opinionated by the way <laughs> and sure. so so to be able to learn people from people who are champions like both of you and uh, Olympians like you Boyd is miraculous I think in a lot of ways just uh, you know couldn't have done 25 30 years ago so. mm.
4: yeah.
5: well it's, it's um, I was so happy to hear from people that chimed in about our movement who have no horses. Yeah. Some of them hadn't even ever ridden a horse. Yeah. But for some reason they have a draw and I think horses do magnetize us. Um and so they come on. And who knows? Maybe they'll get a horse. Maybe they'll at least go and mm-hmm. have some body give them a lesson on a horse or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um well, uh, I'm yeah, I, mean, I am not yeah. against uh, moving forward.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think there's so many people in the world that have, have got a passion for for animals and and passion for horses. And I think uh, you know the wonderful thing now with modern technology is that if you're really, really you know obsessed with horses and and how can you do a better job with training your horse and and I need some new ideas and and you know issues that I'm dealing with my horse and um, having the ability to. Source um, a champion trainer like like Monty. Uh, you know that now it's now it's so much more viable than it used to be twenty years ago. And I think that's the. You know, there's many many negatives about technology, and and there's definitely, mm-hmm. in my opinion, there's no. Um, the 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 best scenario is to be up there live, touch the animal, feeling it. Mm-hmm. And uh being right there with it, but then obviously that in these times that's impossible. and having this this opportunity to to still keep learning and keep improving um, with the, with uh, with um, social media or with uh, with with um, technologies, it just uh, it is a wonderful thing.
1: Thank you. Yeah. That's good. Well, how is Silva? Um, Silva Boyd's Boyd's wife, we should say that uh, for anybody who's been under a rock, is a Grand Prix dressage rider and a uh, champion in her own right. How is she doing?
4: She, she's going well. I've, I've kept her busy. Actually, my horses are going so much better in the dressage at the moment because I'm on the sideline. It's uh, <laughs> it's a little bit sad, Debbie. Uh, uh, my wife's uh, riding my top horses and. Uh, I think I'm better off staying injured at the moment. They're going great <laughs> and she's, uh, got two, two wild kids that, uh, they need uh... to, they need to get sent to Monty Roberts. To, uh, oh. <laughs> to get a bit of training as well. I think they they need to join up.
1: <laughs> oh, Knox and Leah Roscoe, I'm so glad that you're training up a couple more Martins out there too. Yeah. So thanks for doing yeah, that for yeah. the world.
4: It's, it's a challenge.
1: <laughs> I'm sure. You're right in the thick of it. Well, thank you both for being on. I appreciate you. And I'm sure people will if that have, haven't heard that they can avail to your personal coaching will be so excited to hear that. And uh, I hope they take advantage of it right away before this whole I want thing. I wanna do lives. it too. Yeah, you want to do it with void. You guys you know, swap numbers here. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, talk about that. Uh, I mean
4: it'd be a pretty intimidating uh I'd, oh. I'd stay up all night making sure that I'd say the right thing if they want <laughs> no.
5: <laughs> <laughs> You'll be fine. <laughs>
1: uh, Thanks well, a lot, Debbie. We'd love to have uh, you back. Yeah.
4: Great. Well it's it was great talking to you, Debbie and Monty. Uh you're you've all been an idol of mine and uh, I still uh, I can't believe I'm on a radio show talking with you, it's, uh, it's a real privilege
5: Well thank you Boyd and uh, look forward to meeting with you again sometime in person
0: Hi I'm Monty Roberts and I'm coming to you now to talk about the Monty Roberts Online University You know There ought to be six months in everybody's life where they just live with their animals. I've been staying home. But three months now, I've been home with this virus thing. And the things I'm learning, we're bringing you a new series. What Horses See, How Horses See, and About Horses Seeing Things. The Online University is bringing you the last three years of my learning process, which I promise you, is the learningest years I ever spent. The Monty Roberts Online University, uh, you won't miss a minute of it if you get started on it. I love bringing it to you, and it's my shot to take my concepts to the next generation.
1: Laura Azara used to be part of the Diamond D Cowgirls drill team. And in recent years, she's been doing ranch riding, which we wanted to talk to her about. Laura Hales from Georgia, and she's the commercial pilot. Well, welcome, Laura Azara. We wanted to have a horse girl on that had a little bit to do with Diamond D Cowgirls, I heard you have in your background. And I'm excited to talk to you and, and introduce you to, a little bit to our listeners. How are you?
7: Well, hi, Debbie. I'm doing very well, and thank you for having me on.
1: I'm glad to have you on. Where are you hailing from today?
7: We're in Noonan, Georgia.
1: You're in Georgia. I didn't even hear a little Georgia in there. Do you have a little Georgia in here or did you come from no. someplace? No, <laughs> Florida. Originally Florida. From Florida. Yeah, we wanted to have you on, Laura, because we've got some friends from Finish Line Fencing, and um, they were introducing me to your interesting story, and we love horse girls here. And we love how uh, people can figure out ways to stay with horses in their um, vocations and avocations. So um, I wanted to ask you a little bit. So did you grow up with horses? I did, yes. I've had quarter horses most of my life. Is that right? My favorites. Well, I yes. Can't that, can I? <laughs> I'm not supposed to say that, but that's what I grew up with too. And and so you were in the Western genre, or did you ever put an English saddle on?
7: Always have ridden Western.
1: Yeah, good, good. And Kim tells me that you've uh, been doing a little bit more in the show ring now too, not just um, Trail Girl.
7: Yes, that's correct. I rode for a professional drill drill team, Diamond D Cowgirls. Mm-hmm. And in the last few years, I've been showing in ranch riding. Oh,
1: fun. I love the yeah. ranch riding. Tell me how you got into that. Did you have a friend that was doing it or did you just pick it up?
7: I just picked it up. Um, I knew that I wanted to pursue a different discipline and uh, had a friend that was involved with the ranch riding, actually raining. And I just just went after it. I thought it would be um a a little more laid back um than maybe so other disciplines and it's just been so much fun um um so i've really enjoyed it The, the atmosphere is really nice um everyone that i've shown with um has just been a pleasure to be around and i've really enjoyed the mare that i've been able to show uh for the last few years in the ranch riding
1: yeah, tell me how you found her and how you got her into the ranch riding, or was she already pretty? Pretty? Is she, does she know more than you, or do you know more than her? She she knows
7: more than me. Okay, <laughs> so she actually came uh, from Craig Johnson. Uh, he, his father, actually bred and raised her, and she was in Craig Johnson. He's a Rainer, uh His training program. So she had a wonderful foundation, and she had already shown some in the ranch riding. Uh, I think Craig showed her at the World Show before I had her. Um, and so she's taught me a lot, which has been really, really valuable um, in my showing experience to have a horse that that knows more than I do.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's a so, great way to learn. And so did you have you ridden all along, or are you getting back into horses now with this? First, the Cowgirls drill team and...
7: I have ridden most of my life. There was a period when I was in college that I did not have horses and I probably took a seven, eight year break. Um, But just as soon as I could get back into it, I I did and have had horses for the last six, seven years now. Um, And so have been part of the Diamond Decal Girls professional drill drill team and um, most recently the ranch riding
1: yeah, good for you. You're a true horse girl because that's that's a horse. You know, I I heard one of my my friends say the other day. I I hadn't talked to her for a while, and I said, "So, do you have a horse right now?" And she goes, "No, I'm between horses." I mean, that's a horse girl, right? Yes, <laughs> <We're> always <laughs> yeah. pursuing horses. So I'm glad you're back in, and and we didn't lose you. But you became a professional pilot, which is an interesting aspect to your life too.
7: How yes. that happen? Well, I decided at 23. I'd always been interested in aviation, and I didn't realize that it would be a career that I could pursue. Uh, financially, there's not a lot of women also in the field. Um, but I had some really great influences, friends of the family that were were in our pilots now, that um, supported me and talked about it. Uh, and I decided at 23 to sort of shift gears from a business degree and to go into aviation and become a pilot. So that's when I got away from um, having horses because I needed to focus and pursue those goals. And uh, spent time in Florida at Embry Riddle and um, mm-hmm. have been flying for the last 13 years now.
1: Wow, that's a long time. Yeah. I mean- <laughs> Kind of an intense, do you fly for a private company or are you like, are you American Airlines? Or are we going to see you out there if we're traveling again, ever? <laughs>
7: so I, I know, tell me about it. Um, <laughs> I did fly commercial. Um, I flew for a regional airline, American Eagle Airlines, which oh, yeah. is American Airlines regional carrier. And then I decided, because it was always my goal really to be on the private side, the corporate side of the industry. So I've been flying corporate for the last eight years. Okay. And have really, really enjoyed that. So I fly for a private company now.
1: Fantastic. Great. Um, I'm, I'm glad to always know a pilot. <laughs> <is> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I always worry when there's only one pilot in the cockpit though, should we worry about that? should you always have somebody in the other seat with you?
7: I'm an advocate of always having a crew. Um, you know, there's a lot of airplanes that are able to be flown with one pilot, but for safety reasons, I've always, uh, believed that a crew crew atmosphere is just the best way to go especially when you're flying professionally
1: yeah I would think I would think just yeah you don't want one pilot with a heart attack <laughs> no <laughs> I heard, it's yes. too much like a movie <laughs> bad movie <laughs> right yeah. well back to horses too so um so you're doing the ranch riding and you got this quarter horse how big is your quarter horse like are yeah
7: She's, you know, typical little quarter horse. She's about fourteen three. She's very stocky. She's just the cutest little mare, um, and she, you know, she's she's not that big. Uh, most of them that are, you know, started as rainers and cutters are really yeah. not that big, right? Um, but she's just done fabulous in the in the ranch riding world, um, and like I said, has taught me a lot, and I've been able to. Show and win, and and that has been fun.
1: Um, to Good. get a taste of that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got a few a few rosettes you hanging on your tack room wall. Yes, I mean, you, it's a bit of a tribe this ranch riding, at least in California where we are too. You know, um, we've got as you know, I've got a lot of men actually coming into the ranch riding, which is really fun for us. Too, because there's so many women, obviously in the you know the, in the leisure riding, especially, but in, throughout the industry, frankly, but the men um, are actually having some fun without having to get into the full on raining. Too, is it a bit of a tribe that you go around to these shows with, or do you know people?
0: Yeah,
1: you see the it, same.
7: It, yeah. it is. I would say that that's true. Um, usually at the local shows, you see the same people, and it, it's really just fun because you get to see them, you know, once a month or twice a month, and. Um, but I, I have noticed that also that you say that there's more men in the ranch riding. Now, when I started a few years ago, I was competing primarily against, uh, other women. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I would say in the last year, last year, um, it was 50, 50, um, you know, in our amateur category. So it was, it was nice to see
1: that. It is kind of fun. It's nice to see guys getting back into the industry too. It's yes. that's such a pendulum swing. But, um, so it, do you, do you have your horse at an equestrian center per se, or did you, are you fortunate enough to have, have her in your backyard?
7: We're very fortunate to have a small farm here. Um, and so I have my horses home.
1: Oh, that's great. So, yeah. and is that something you've always had all along or was that a goal as well?
7: It's not actually six or seven years ago, we were blessed enough to buy our first farm and it was a working blueberry farm. And (laughs) yes, it was so much fun because, um, it was all new. Well, I've, I've never been a farmer, so it was diving in headfirst. <laughs> but oh. we bought that farm and converted it to a horse farm over time.
1: Okay. Now tell me about that. So if somebody has a piece of property out there, did you start from scratch, essentially? We, I mean, blueberries?
7: <laughs> we did. So we didn't start from scratch with the blueberries. That had been established for about 40 years. A uh, family mm-hmm. that we bought it from had established it about 40 years ago. And so we had a lot of good information going into it, um, with getting that going and keeping it running. It was a pick farm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but as far as setting it up to, to have horses, that was new for us. And it was, um, pretty much a blank slate because it was just, we had the acreage and then we had to get
1: the fencing up and, and the barn and, and everything. Uh, Did you, sure. you put it all in, huh? Wow, we did. that is a big project. I mean, that's something you probably didn't have any of that stuff on your radar and you had to do a big, huge educational catch up.
7: We we learned a lot. It was a huge <laughs> learning curve. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: one of the things that um, Kim was telling me about was the fencing. Tell me how you chose.
7: Well, I'll be honest. The uh, The reason that we chose uh, finish line fencing is because we got a quote for four-board fencing, which mm-hmm. is, of course, beautiful. Um but it's very expensive. Yeah. So you know being new um to owning a farm and all the costs associated our quote was pretty astronomical to do the whole property with the board fencing. Yes, it was a bit <laughs> a sticker shock. Yeah. Um so we started I started researching different horse safe fencing products and Finish Line uh came across and I was really interested in the product because it, you know, I knew we were only going to have horses, and it, mm-hmm. it is a horse-safe option, mm-hmm. and um, it's affordable too. You know, yeah. it's a really economical choice, but it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're really getting best of both worlds with the that product. Uh, so we decided to go forward with the finish line fencing. And when it, we started working with it, my husband and I were installing th- um, the fencing on the property. It was so easy to do. Um, mm-hmm. It was just he and I that, it, you know, primarily worked
1: on the fencing project. Wow. And we were mm-hmm. able to do it ourselves. Um, how, how, any, much, how much did you have to put in? I mean, are you putting in acres or what did we you have put to put in store? two
7: big pastures. One was about five acres. They were both about oh, five okay. acres. That's huge. So, there was a considerable number of poles that, you know, and holes we had to uh, dig and, um, and I'd say that the actual install of the finish line was the easiest part of it all.
1: Good. So, yeah pretty much DIY then and uh, affordable that's good yes that's yes. good yeah and then and then the barn you had to put up a barn for her too right yes
7: we started to well we're <laughs> on our third farm now so
1: <laughs> oh, oh my goodness you guys are gangbusters you're ambitious we,
7: we are we um were every farm that we've had now um since the blueberry farm we've installed the finish line fencing on i've i'm just such a believer in the product um that We've put it on all three farms. So uh, we're here now at the, the third farm and installed the Finish Line XL. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that product,
1: but it's, it's a heavier. Newer... Yeah. yeah. Yes. It, and so you're putting that in. Is that because your horses are getting bigger or did you get cattle too?
7: Well, you know, I thought aesthetically, I, I really like how it looks. Huh. It's a little bit, um, the diameter is a little bigger. So you see it a little bit more then um the regular finish line which i love the regular finish line as well but i just thought it would be um something new to try on this farm Mm -hmm. and we were also able to do it in black which we thought would look really nice on the um, property that we have now so um i've been very pleased with it and um it's it's just been perfect for our needs
1: that's yeah well thank you it was fun to meet you and fun to catch up with you and uh, i look forward to having you on again sometime laura
7: well Debbie, thank you and same to you. I enjoy talking to you.
0: Whisper
7: the language of the herd. Listen, you don't have to say a word.
2: It's time for Jamie Jennings to fetch an email from Monty Roberts inbox and share a morsel of Monty's wisdom in a little segment we like to call Ask Monty.
7: Leave this world a better
3: place, the magic in the language of.
6: Dear Monty, how do you ride a bucking horse? I think there may be a few over-fresh horses coming out at the end of lockdown with riders who will be challenged to sit a buck. I'd love to get some advice from you on the staying on part. I think I can sit a buck pretty well, as riding racehorses taught me to grip with my ankles. There are many roads to Rome though. How does your dressage trainer, trained rider, stay on for a rodeo? Would you have some words of wisdom on this, please? Kelly. Monty's answer. Isn't it coincidental I was planning to ride Chrome today so I could school a particular thoroughbred to respond to the duly halter while being led from another horse? Since Chrome has had an uneventful month or so, I was wondering what to do with him because he will tend to buck when he's fresh. I think your idea is a good one and should be valuable to horsemen worldwide. To my way of thinking, the most important part of these fresh horse rides is what you do before you get on. Prior to putting yourself in the saddle, there's very little chance of being injured by a fresh horse. But once you have one leg on each side of him, you belong to him. The fresh horse can buck you off even if he's the kindest character you could ever imagine. It is what Equus is. Equus represents a flight animal with a world of energy and a deep temptation to buck and play, especially when fresh. Whether the bucking is entertainment for the horse or a serious attempt to get one off his back, injuries occur under either of those conditions. Before I get on Chrome today, I intend to first put him in a turnout to stretch his legs and then have him saddled and released once again in a safe enclosure watching that he doesn't roll. While I have round pins, any small enclosure, with good fencing and reasonable footing will do i have some rectangular turnouts on our farm which are about 20 by 40 meters i have used these with chrome before and found him to be very prone to buck run and play for about four or five minutes after about four or five more minutes with no bucking i then feel safe to mount there was a time in my life where i would simply saddle a horse of this description and get straight on i found it to be fun to have some bucking and playing under me Remember, I spent two years riding bulls in professional rodeo. Do not fall into the same category. There is no fun in wearing a cast, and it's not right to subject your horse to being listed as another horse who caused an injury. It isn't fair to the species, and we should show them far more responsibility than my former actions would express. Injuries are not fun to horses or humans, and if you followed my techniques from the beginning with your horse, I would suggest to even resort to longlining experience in the early stages in the process of training one uh, horse now for rides or pleasure. Somewhere in my eight books, I suggested that one of the golden rules of good horsemanship is to print with a bold red marker on a piece of paper, safety first. First. Place one of these reminders in your tack room, another in your feed room, one in your car, one more in your fridge that you visit several times a day. The lack of attention to safety has caused more people to give up on horses because of irresponsible accidents or even just the fear of having an accident because of the dangerous behavior of the horse involved. People tend not to admit that they gave up on their horse interest because of fear. The fact is, however, a huge percentage of these people – give up on their horses, at least in part, by a fright they received.
0: What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Where in the world is Monty Roberts?
1: Monty is looking forward to meeting some new friends, two-legged and four-legged, on August 3 through 7, he has the Monty Special Training in Solvang, California. And then we have August 17 to 28 is Gentling Wild Horses. That'll be a fun course. And then we've got September 11 through 13, we, we not only have a horse sense and healing clinic for veterans and first responders with post-traumatic stress, but we also have a CHA, Equine Facility Management Certification, going on at the same time at Flag is Up Farms. And you can find all of that and more by going to Roberts.com, where you have the
2: schedule, how to join the university, the phone number, which happens to be 805-688-6288, where you can find all the things that are going on at Flag is Up Farms and with Monty Roberts. And for details about today's show, go to HorsemanshipRadio.com, and there you're going to find links, photos, and more information about today's guests and topics. And we love your feedback. It helps us make this show better. Follow us on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and type in Monty Roberts. You want the one with the little little blue check mark. And on Twitter, it's Monty underscore Roberts, as it is on Instagram. Now, go get the app so you don't miss any shows on the Horse Radio Network. It's available for your iPhone or your Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. It's free and easy to use. And you can listen to us on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher.
1: Yes, and many thanks to our sponsors too. We have Finish Line Fencing as our title sponsor and Monty Roberts University as our show sponsor. Couldn't do it without them. Be sure to visit all the other great shows too on the Horse Radio Network at www.horseradionetwork.com. Until next time, have many happy horse hours.